Welcome to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. Join us as we review our favorite RPGs, collectible card games, MMOs, video games, PC games, and bring up interesting topics and things that we'd like to share with everyone. Sit back and enjoy the show. But this is going to be a small 102 class, so I'll get closer. There's going to be a discussion in the middle of panel. I'm stoked up on cough medicine. <laughs> God only knows what we're going to talk about. Got some more day clothes in today. Dude, I'm like buzzing on the over testing. <laughs> <laughs> better than alcohol. Got some of that too. This is a week, this is a one or two discussion. It's not gonna be a panel. <laughs> <laughs> it's Sunday. It's Sunday. I don't feel good. Um, anybody sat in one or two before? No. What's that? Ever sat? Sorry. Ever sat in one or two panel before? No. No. I'm gonna forgive you for having that red fork thing on your own. Send it back to Justine with blood on. Uh, I'm a red fork member too. I'm, one of the admirals of the fleet, whatever the hell it is. Uh, I'll tell you a stupid story about Justin, and you can tell him next time you see him. We had to fix his first year we were out here, Justin was here. He has the, the hand of the people, the will of the people. Oh, yeah. And he broke it. So, you know how it moves? Yeah. Well, all the fingers broke, all the fingers still work except this one. <laughs> So he went all the way back to where all we were because he knew we had boxes of tools. He's like, hey, Cap, and he screams across the damn desert. <laughs> like, what? He goes, I got a problem. <laughs> yeah, you do, Justin. Yeah, you just flipped the biggest bird you just, ever. You just flipped me off. Can you, can you fix this? No. <laughs> Justin means fun. You ever been around him drunk? I think I've seen videos of this. <laughs> the five emperors panel? <laughs> I think it's not a movie that would dance off. Yeah. <laughs> he does Wasteland Weekend with us. That's a trip. Anyway, back on Captain's <laughs> um, So I want to see if I can get away with the big thing in here without getting in trouble. Um, the Captain's panel, the 102 panel, was designed to discuss going to the next level of playing in the steampunk world, being a leader in this world. Um, like I said, I'm on Robitussin, so if I go off the keyboard sideways, just roll with me. We'll come back around at some point. Um, so, the whole title to the panel was Team Punk 102, so you want to be an airship captain. Run like hell. Um, it was a good chance for people who wanted to lead groups, basically do what we do kind of thing, um, a chance for me to give you insights into what we do and to keep you from walking into some of the same pitfalls that we've done, that we've seen, that we've been a part of, watching, and we, that's the other thing is we watch crews rip themselves apart because, you know, they don't know the command structure, they don't know how to do things, and they're trying to reinvent the wheel, and it was really getting to me watching best friends tear themselves apart because they were trying to operate as a unit when they had no background on how to operate as a unit, kind of thing. So that's what we came up with, you know, the 102 panel, and talking about leadership and stuff like that. 
my background in leadership, of course, in the United States military um, and the fire department, where we have to go through command and control school. Um, the way we do things in ASI. Hey guys. Like I said, by, by no means is it you have to do it this way. This is the way that works for us. Okay. Um, one is we have span of control. What span of control is is how many people can you as an individual comfortably control and manage to get done what you need to get done. Um, the textbooks say three to seven people is your span of control. Okay, that's where it's easy to be able to deal with what's going on on a day-to-day -day basis, and it doesn't get so overwhelming that you can't control it anymore. Um, the way we do things in ASI is a very militaristic style. We have a chain of command. Um, and yes, what is the, the chain? It's the Goram chain. I'm going to hit you with to understand I'm in charge. Uh, thank you. Um, swallowing is not easy. Uh, so that's when you start getting into your first officers. We start getting into to that sort of thing. And we'll go over first officers and stuff and talking about how important first officers are here in um, But the way ASI is set up is when we are at, when we're in the shop, we're in the hotel room and we're talking about stuff, it's a democracy. You know, hey guys, what do you think? You know, we've got this car, I just got approached by this thing or this thing. You know, for example, um, they're talking about doing a steampunk build-off show like Face Off. I got approached about doing it, so before I said yes or no, hey guys, what do you think? Because it's going to affect their lives too. Um, now keep in mind, we're a little bit more hardcore about it for the simple fact we all live together, most of us, except for like four of us, all live in the shop. So I mean, we're on the road together, we live together. Anything that I do affects them and vice versa. Um, <coughs> I got an open bottle if you want it. I would love you to. My throat feels like that road out there right now. Actually, I need to open this one, yes. Oh, hello, thank you. Um, I'm serious, my throat feels like that road out there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. No problem. So, there, it's a democracy. We talk about everything we're going to do, what we're going to do, how we're going to do it, what do you guys think. Now, it's my decision at the end of the day because I'm the CEO of the company. Okay? And for us, we run a company and we're not just going to conventions to have fun. <coughs> we're doing it as a business. So at the end of the day, it's my responsibility, it's my, my job to say yes or no, well, we want to do this, we don't want to do this. Now, in saying that, People see that and like, oh, you get to make the indecision. Well, yeah, I do, but on top of that, the responsibility of that decision is on my shoulders. If I make the wrong decision, it's not just me that's going to suffer. It's my seven artists that aren't going to eat or not have money to do whatever. So that's something you got to take into account. If you're ever wanting to do go forward and do this as a business, that's a whole other panel we sit down and we can do about how to run a business, how to do that. Um, but when we get out to the conventions, we're out here, or like at an anime convention, which we call being in the trenches on the front line, um, it's no longer a democracy. It's now a military rank structure. 
everybody has their job to do. They have their mission to complete. And you'll hear Mr. Fox or Amelia, you go up and ask them a certain question, even though Amelia's my wife, and yay, really, she, can, you know, she who controls the, controls the verse, um, she'll look at you and say, that's above my pay grade. You gotta go talk to the captain. Um, it's what works for us in ASI, because keep in mind, for us, in order to complete our mission, it's all about being mission-oriented. Like I said, I'm very militaristic. That's where I was raised from the time I was 17, I was in the military. Um, very mission-oriented, you get your mission complete. My mission is to talk to the con directors, to bring you guys panels to do the stuff that we do like this, that sort of thing. My other guys, their job is to get that table set up, to operate the table, to sell our wares, yada yada, to talk to you guys about buying stuff and doing commissions and all that, that sort of stuff. If they don't complete their mission, I can't complete my mission and vice versa. If I don't complete my mission with the con directors, they can't do their mission. So it's this symbiotic relationship making things work. Um, first officers, real quick. First officers are indispensable. If you're running a crew, and you don't have to call yourself captain. You know, we're just, that's where an airship crew, that's where we're set up. How are you decided to set up? Like lead scientist, chief engineer, are you good? Excuse me. That first officer will be more important to you than anything on the face of the planet. That first officer, his, his or her job is to run interference for you, to take care of the stuff so you don't have to take care of it, um, to be a sounding board. Because trust me, there are times when you're a captain, when you're in charge or a leader. We've run into a weird thing that my guys live with me. So they get to see stuff that most leaders slash followers don't ever get to see. They get to see me at my lowest point. They can see me at the highest point. They can see me cry. They can see me mad. Um, you know, in, in, in a normal chain of command, you don't ever see that. You won't ever see your commanding officer get pissy. Um, one of the best scenes I've ever seen, and they did it accurate, was uh, we were soldiers. Um, if you, ever, if you haven't seen it, watch it. Um, there's a scene after the battle when he's realized how many men, men he has lost. He walks around the rock and goes over and starts crying. And his sergeant major keeps everybody, Captain, I'll be with the end men. Because he, the sergeant major knew he needed that minute to get rid of that so he could do his job. Um, and I mean, I say it in, in a military combat sense, but it's the same thing here. You go to your bigger conventions, you go to ACON, you go to DragonCon, you go to Comic-Con San Diego, into the big Super Bowl conventions, as a leader, you're getting hit constantly. And there are times that I've had to just, I've got to go, I get, back before I started making I gotta go smoke a cigarette. I've, I've gotta walk away. I need five minutes to get my head back wrapped around what I'm doing because it just gets so overwhelming everything coming at you at one time. That first officer is there to be that blocker for you. Um, relationships inside groups, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> uh, we've had events where I've had crew members who were dating inside the crew have issues and fights. I never knew about until we got back to the hotel and Amelia or Rick was giving me the daily breakdown and they're like, yeah, we had this problem, there was this fight, there was this, there was like, what? 
I never heard about it. And Rachel and Ryan goes, it's because I had to do my job, Cap. That's my job to take care of it, not yours. Because I didn't have time. I was running, you know, a thousand miles a minute to get shit done, pardon my friends, um, to get stuff done. And so he made sure that stopped at him so I didn't have to deal with it because he knows that these, this is my family. I'm going to stop what I'm doing to turn and deal with this. So he made sure he protected me from that. Um, that's what a first officer is really good for when you're running a group. Whether it's a cosplay group, whether it's a steampunk group, post-apocalypse group, Star Wars group, that person is there to back you up, you know, to make sure you're, you, you know, you, you got your, part of my French, you got your shit wired tight. Um, <clears throat> so first officers. Um, in the business world, Amelia's my, my business manager. I like toys way too much. <laughs> way too much. I love spending money. That credit card's real easy. Um, yeah, whooshing. It's small. So she's there to keep those numbers straight. That's not an easy job. If you're going to do this full time, if you're going to go on the road and, and do the convention circuit, you've got to have somebody there to watch the money. And I'll tell you straight up, that, that crap ain't easy. Because no matter how much you and I are buddies or how much of a relationship we have, I've got to tell you no. And she hates telling me no because I'm a whiny little. Okay? <laughs> I can whine with the best of them when I don't get my way. And she has to tell me, honey, we can't do that. We can't afford it. And so she's got to be the back. She's got to tell the crew, no, you can only get off the dollar menu at McDonald's. You can't have the number three. Okay? Um, so a financial officer, even if you're doing this as, hey, we want to get together, we got a group of friends, get somebody who's willing to want to be that heavy, <clears throat> but two is willing to keep track. Because I've seen that happen on groups that are getting together to go to conventions and something gets dropped in the hotel rooms or some, you know, three people pay for their hotel rooms and somebody doesn't. Now you're at the con, now you start getting that tension there's nothing that'll bring up tension faster in a group than finances. Mm -hmm. um, so keep that shit wired tight right from the get-go. Um, also in groups, I can read them. Date it. Hate it, hate it, hate it. You're going to have it. Um, I don't have any, thank God, anybody in my crew now that's with each other that's not married. Um, thank God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's enough. You notice I have no hair? That's why. That didn't happen to neighbors. Because um, you guys you guys can just imagine the, the turmoil that shit causes. Um, and even married couples, if you put a group together, there's time to realize when to let them do their thing and when to say, hey, you guys break it up a little bit. So that runs into running a crew. Sorry guys. Um, clicks. Kill them, burn them, nuke them, do whatever you have to do. Do not let clicks form in your groups. <coughs> Excuse me. Clicks will kill a group in it that quick. I've watched it happen. We before Million and I got into the steampunk world, I was the head of a 30 man drum crew. We did drum and fire performances. Um, and I watched clicks form and completely destroy a very beautiful thing. Um, and now there's best friends who don't talk to each other anymore. Um, Amelia had a best friend she's been best friends with, worked with 
for like 15 years and now they hate each other because cliques got formed and once the insults start flying back and forth, it's over. Um, I will destroy a Goran clique in a heartbeat. Uh, don't let them happen. Stop them, stop them, stop them. Everybody's an adult. Make them sit down and talk about it, period. You got this problem, you got this problem, work it the hell out. And you're not walking out of my house on both legs until you do. Um, I've seen more groups get destroyed by cliques and, you know, then the backbiting starts and it's, it's all right. If you guys have questions, please. Uh, I'm dying here. Uh, so, the cliques are a big deal. But I will tell you, like you were saying, with, you know, how we road dog everywhere we go. Um, if you guys are going to road dog conventions as, as groups, you will get to spend more time with people than you ever imagined you were going to get to spend. You will find out what body functions they have. You will find out what quirks they have. You will find out all the shit you never wanted to know about somebody. <laughs> you're going to find out about the group of people that you're rolling with. Um, in our crew, and we, I've seen people, we had this one girl who decided she, she went on the crew, she wanted to roll with us, and by the time we got to the event, she was in a little puddle of goo in the corner in a fetal <laughs> position. Because it, her brain could not wrap around the fact that I was able to talk to Chelsea, my, one of my commanders, and Rick's significant other, she's dripping wet, naked, getting out of the shower. I'm naked getting into the shower. We're having a conversation about what I need done in the next 15 minutes because we've got to be on the floor in 20. And I got eight guys I got to get through showers, defunct, and on right downstairs. And she just stood there. People are changing in the hotel. We're theater majors. You know, you got the same equipment I do, and you ain't got nothing I ain't seen. So. You know, it, you know, a lot of brothers and sisters. Exactly. It, you know, it's like Starship Troopers. You're sitting in the shower. It's like, yeah, okay, I need you on the field, and this time I need this done. And she couldn't handle it. It snapped her brain. She just could not take it. Um, needless to say, she didn't hang out with us again. Because um, I got an entire crew full of trolls. I'll just tell you that. Hard, don't show weakness around us. Because we're like, ooh. Um, so that, you know, that's another thing with the crew. Um, and where I'm leading into this is, how do you, you know, we get this all the time for our ship is about how you become an ASI member, you know, other than ground crew. So we have ground crew. Um, and those are people who can't roll for whatever reason with ASI, but they want to be a part of this ASI thing that's, that's morphed into whatever how it is. Um, to be an ASI member, like I said, you don't have to do things the way we do. I'm just going to tell you from my point of view it works. We do it just like a biker game because that shit works. Okay, you come to me and say I want to be part of ASI. What I'm going to tell you is you have to find a member of Airship Isabella to sponsor you. One, I've got to have a spot for you. Okay, um, but you find a member of ASI. Hey, I want to become a member. So you guys say for you come to me. Okay, cool. You're now I'm now your sponsor. You're my prospect, which means I own your ass for the next six months. Okay. And what that does is that gives us a chance to see how you interact with the crew, and it gives you a chance to see if you want to interact with this crew. Like, these people are out there damn minds. <laughs> no. Um, and it gives you a chance to run like hell. 
<coughs> so for six months, you're a prospect. You know, we don't do what biker gangs do where we make you wash our Harleys or, you know, go wash the airship or, you know, do stuff like that. Um, as I said, we're trolls. You know, you show us weakness, we're going to screw with you. Um, you're going to road dog with us because you're going to get to see what it looks like in the trenches. You're going to get to see us tired. You're going to get to, you know, are you toting gear? Are you doing the, you know, what you need to do to, to make this operation happen? At the end of that six months, all of my guys get together via Skype, via phone, in person. We're going to talk about you, bud. You know, okay, what do you guys think? Yes, no? Now, there's three answers you can get. There's only three. Unanimous yes. Unanimous no. Or say, unanimous yes. A single no from any crew member kills it. Or let's give them six more months. I, you know, you got sick, you didn't, you know, something came up, you know, you had school, you couldn't make it to events, and this person over here didn't get a chance to hang out with you, I would like to get six more months to, to get comfortable around them. That's another option that we can have. <coughs> now, saying that, it doesn't matter on the crew, if you are my prospect, I'm the CEO and captain of Airship Isabella, I, you know, it's like a god, it's like a general on a battlefield. Okay, that is my crew, I have end-all, be-all control. I get a single no, it doesn't matter, period. If I got somebody says no, he just, he gets under my skin, I can't work with him, I can't do it. I'll try to get you two together to talk, if it's still a no, it's a no. I can't override that no, even if it's my prospect. <coughs> Sorry, guys. Because <coughs> the deal is at the end of the day, that chemistry has to be there for us to do what we do as Airship Isabel. And for that chemistry to be there, everybody's got to be able to function with everybody else, even at their worst time. Mr. Fox and I have gotten nose to nose with each other, growling. But when it's all said and done with, we can, we can do that and still come back. We're still friends. We're still roommates. That sort of thing. And that chemistry has to be there. And that's, <clears throat> over the past six years, we've gotten asked a lot, and we've, I've, I've sat back and I've, I've looked at it, what has made our crew survive where other crews who were just as good, just as good as, you know, even better artists than we were, what has made us survive and do what we've done where other crews have failed? For us, it's the chemistry. I've got a team that will drive 30 hours one direction, hit the convention floor, right out of the vehicles, pull gear, get stuff set up, get dressed, doors open, we turn around, hey guys, how you doing? You know, I have that crew. They're combat effective. <coughs> if you get somebody in that mix that messes up that chemistry, you're no longer combat effective and you're going to fail. And now you're going to start getting tension. Now your con directors aren't getting what the con director wants. Now you're, you know, and then it's just, it's, it's a snowball at that point. Now you're in trouble. So that's why we do what we do. And we're very protective of who comes in ASI because of that, that dichotomy inside the crew. Two, for me, and this was a big deal for me, if you wear a pair of Airship Isabella wings, you've earned those wings. 
Those are as good as blood wings. Because I want those wings as crew members to be a badge of honor for those guys. And so, Sousa, I'm sure you guys know Sousa. Um, there are people out there who have said their airship is a Bella crew. So, hey, I'm part of airship is a Bella. And they weren't. And before I even had to say anything like, excuse me? These guys, my guys are coming over the table. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, this is gonna be good. Because <laughs> you know, they're they earned that six months. They've gone, they've gone with a pissy captain who can be a prima donna, who can you know be pissy and growly and all of that. They put their time and blood those wings. God help you, you say you got ASI <laughs> wings and you don't. And that's what you want in a crew like that. You want I don't have to worry about my company. I don't have to worry about the reputation of my company. I don't have to worry about somebody getting drunk and walking, you know, showing their kajungas as they go running through old Tucson studios because I know the caliber of my crew. And those wings are just as important to them as they are to me. So there's that, when you, you have that pride in your crew. <coughs> That's a big deal. And a lot of people don't take that into account when they're putting crews together. Um, I've had a, and what were any names, on the floor at Akon, if you've ever been to Akon, for, you know, on the floor, three o'clock in the morning, there's 30,000 damn kids running around. I mean, it is <coughs> huge. I had three con directors standing in front of me. Back to the, the dating inside the crew thing, this person had a problem with this person. He came downstairs, was getting all ass bent about something that was going on with the female member and was, was causing a scene in front of these three con directors. And I went from blah, 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 to I said, you need, you know, we're taking care of it, go back up to the hotel, it'll be fine. He kept pushing. And the only thing that's really saved him was I've known him since he was 11 years old. He was 21 at this point. And I turned around and rip, rip, turned around on him and said, you got 1.5 seconds, get your butt back up that escalator or you're fired. Go. And that clicked through the anger enough for him to go upstairs so we could deal with the problem later. In front of those three con directors was not the place to pull that crap. You don't do that on the con floor, period, end of story. As far as you guys ever see, it's all champagne and giggles and sunshine. <laughs> okay, um, you don't see what's behind the scenes, and but then in, in running a group, it falls into that when we're out here on the front lines, that's what you see. And the other thing is, is if you're an ASI member and you pull a bonehead maneuver, I have to back your play in public. God help you when we get to the hotel room. Okay. But I'm going to back your play because you are an ASI member. Now, when we get back to the hotel, too, what the hell are you thinking? And we've run into that before, where somebody had said something or somebody did something. Now, I've got to back their play, but as soon as we got back where nobody could hear it, oh, it was on like Donkey Kong at that point. <laughs> um, but you don't see the fighting in the crew ever when I deal with you guys. You guys want to see the ASI crew. You want to see... And for us, one thing is, is with doing the videos, the blogs, I don't know if anybody here has watched the stupid <coughs> blogs I'm doing. 
Um, thank you for paying attention. <laughs> The only good one was the pancake one. Um, and I wasn't even drunk or drunk. You know, I had sleep time. I was like, hey. One too many Dr. Peppers. Huh? One too many Dr. Peppers. One, yeah, one too many Dr. Peppers. One too many hours of staring at snow flurries. Um, <laughs> Captain Whitaker and his pancakes. <laughs> that was a complete and total tangent. Oh. oh, you guys in this panel get a chance to see behind the veil. How many theater majors do I have in here who've done theater at all? Okay, you guys know. Okay, you guys know what the fourth wall is? Yes. Okay? In theater, you never, ever, ever break the fourth wall. Period. Okay? One of the things in ASI we try to do, when you go out there, you, you are dealing with Captain Whitaker and Amelia Whitaker and Mr. Fox and Suzo Riot and that sort of thing. We don't break that fourth wall. Now, the trick that we've done is we've built our characters uber close to our real personalities. That way you get a chance, it, it's not difficult for us to switch characters, okay? But we don't break that fourth wall. In this panel and stuff like that, we want, and we've been on the road long enough now, we want to let you guys see beyond the fourth wall. Because people ask, what's it like to be on the road with ASI? Now, Willow knows what it's like behind the fourth wall because she lives around there. She's in New Orleans. She's actually, she was actually our roommate for six months. So you get to see behind that, you get to see the goofy pancakes. You get to see the, you know, five o'clock in the morning when my crew hasn't had coffee yet. Oh, my God. Uh, we want, and that was our deal. We've established it long enough now that you guys know what the ASI crew looks like. We'll let you see what it looks like behind the scenes. Um, so that's one of the reasons we're doing the goofy videos. And I do want a one on two panel is I don't want you guys to make and have the same mistakes and the heartaches that we've had. Um, so when you do the con world, you're going to road dog. You know, even before you do this as a business, the strains and stress of doing a convention and going from one convention to the next convention to the next convention are amazing. It'll be the hardest thing you've ever done. It'll be the most rewarding thing you've ever done. Like I said earlier, you will get to know things about the people that you road dog with that you would never ever imagine. And they will become closer than your family. Period. What's up, Ms. Fox? Speaking of which, well, you don't know, that's Mr. Fox, he's also, this is part of the, what we call the Amelia, Mr. Fox, kitty brain chain. <laughs> um, I stay out of said brain chain because I don't know what language they discuss in there, but no. Apparently it's frightening if you try to get involved. <laughs> <laughs> um, that whole scene in Firefly when he says, is it really bad that she made sense? <laughs> 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 so... One of the questions I'm going to ask is, you as a director of a captain, an airship crew, how did you work with and deal with, you were talking about it earlier, with directors and contractors, not only at the convention, but how do you link up with them pre-convention and then take it all the way through and get there? How would you build your crew and get there through all of them? If, one of the things is, is 
And that, when we first started, that was a complete mystery to us. How, okay, and Robert there's, was one of the original guys who brought us to Wild West Con. He's the reason we are, we are even here. He gave us the, the break to come to Arizona. Um, that is a very daunting task. Okay, who do I talk to? How do, I, how do we break into this? How do we go as a, as a group? Um, one, word of mouth. Two, and I'll give you a little inside secret, and, and, and Robert can kind of back me up on this one if he wants to. All of those con directors, all of that infrastructure, the high up infrastructure, they all know each other. They all do things at each other's conventions. He might be a con director at this con and running guest services at that con. Okay? So the deal is, is walk up and talk to them. Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Who do I need to talk to? I know they're evil and they growl and they have fangs, but where you think your life is busy, walking up and trying to talk to a con director who hasn't slept for a week prior to like the convention, and then walking into con control, those guys haven't slept. They're running a thousand things a minute. Kind of back off and figure out, okay, when can I talk to this person? Okay, I can talk to them now. Um, and then making contact with them via email or what, hey, I want to do, and then give them as much information as you possibly can to what you want to do, who you are. Now, 10 minutes? Thank you. Um, communication, communication, communication. The other thing is don't give up. Con directors get busy, okay? They get very busy. They've got, you've got a con director, you've got co-con directors, you've got their chain of command that you're trying to get through. If you've never seen how conventions work, you want to talk about a Charlie Lima Foxtrot? <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Everybody here know what that means? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh my God. Um, plus, they're dealing with volunteers. They're dealing with... So, if you want to get into that convention, give you guys an idea. Acon. My guys went to Acon for almost five years before we were ever invited as guests. We paid for our tickets, we just went to support the convention because that was somebody else's turf. And I was not going to stormtroop in there and just take over somebody's turf and start a war for no reason. So we had to go pay our dues. This convention, we had to pay our dues. The first year Robert had us out here, we were in the high chaparral back in the way back of the event. Okay, we didn't see another human being till Saturday. <laughs> okay, big deal is, is keep this in mind when you do conventions. Some con directors are gonna make you pay your dues before you get to promote up, okay? You've gotta earn those bragging rights to be there. So if you get stuck in the back part of the convention, do your job, do it the best you can, have fun with it, and then on Sunday, when you got him pinned to the wall, go, okay, you can you invite us back? <laughs> okay, what can we do for you? And that's ASI's biggest tip deal has always been is, okay, like when we talked to Robert. All right, what do we do right? What do we do wrong? What can I do to make his life easier? Because like our first year, he sent somebody running over to us. Hey guys, we had somebody counsel in the main hall doing a panel. Is there anybody you can break away? I've got an entire room full of people and nobody to talk to them. All right, cool, we'll be there in three. We're on our way. And that was my first thought. They come out there and originally what happened was we were supposed to have all the arts out there 
and they were going to be out there with all the arts and all the displays. And lo and behold, of course, best laid plans of mice to men went right through a shredder and got burned. People weren't being directed out there. So they were out literally, it, where the tent is now and off to the stage, and no one was out there. And I said, gee, how do we get people out there? This panel canceled, we had a problem. I'm going to bring them in because they came in and I was so impressed, and that's where we got into this panel, and everybody just started going out there. It was just that amazing click right there. And you have to play with it. You have to also understand as a director, uh, not only that, you have to have your brain examined. You better turn around and before you start one of these things, have a prescription for lithium, valium, vodka, and caffeine. <laughs> yeah. um, but that's how it happens. And then one of the things that we do with ASI, like I said, and we've got five minutes, um, is we're former military. Every single event we do, we have an AAR. Uh, is anybody a former military? I know he loves this. Former military, you know what an AAR is. When you go in and sit down for an after action review, okay, when you walk in in the military, you sit down, and it's everybody from privates to the damn general are sitting in that room. They close those doors, rank doesn't matter. And let me tell you, when you're a PFC nobody and you're sitting next to a two-star general and you got to tell him he screwed up, which I've had to do, you want to talk about being able to poop diamonds. <laughs> uh, well, sir, with all due respect, you could have done that better. Um, when we do our AARs, we close the doors. There's no captain. There's no CEO. There's no first officer. It's us and my guys from the, the, the loneliest prospect all the way to my first officer can turn around, Cap, this didn't work. Now, the way we do it is what went wrong, what can be improved on, and we always finish with what went right. That way, when you walk out of that room, you're, you ended on a high note of this is what went right, okay? And don't be afraid to critically look at how things operated to make, because you're trying to make things better. It's not a matter of me attacking you for doing something, it's me, hey, I saw this, tried this, you know, it's creative criticism on what you're doing. And as a captain, as a leader of a group, that's your responsibility, because at the end of the day, the better I do my job, the better my guys can do their job, the better we can come to you guys and make you guys the most important thing in our world, which is how it's supposed to be. Because we're here, we drive 30 hours for you, period. We drive 30 hours for those con kids. So if I can't do my job, I'm not doing any favors for those con kids. So when you do your AAR, I have no problem, Cap, you bone this one. You know, or we need to get you more you know, Mountain Dew before you hit the field or whatever. Take that creative criticism, think about it. And like I said, don't be on the attack, don't be on the defensive. It's a chance for you as a group to come together even in a tighter, cohesive unit, okay? Um, and we'll close on it, as I've always said, if, and people have done this, if you ever have an issue, if you have a member of your crew or a, part, or a group that you're working with, you don't, under, you don't understand how to do something or something's not clicking, or look, I'm at my wit's end, I don't know what to do in this situation, shoot us an email, shoot me an email. I've gotten those at 3 o'clock in the morning. Hey, Cap, I've got this one member. I've tried this, 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 and this. I don't know what to do. Do you have any ideas? And you don't have to give gross details. You don't have to give names 
or you know, any of that crap. Hey, I've got this scenario. What's your opinion? And don't be afraid to get opinions. Like in the Louisiana, Texas, and not really Texas, we kind of put up a wall with Texas. Um, I'm from Texas. Um, we will do that's a whole other panel. Um, Louisiana, Mississippi, Florida, Alabama, we have that, Gary, we have the captain's committee. And we do it via Skype. And we'll get on, on there and we talk to each other. And there are times I've had captains, or I've had to do it, where you just got to vent to another captain. Hey, I've got this going on. I don't know what to do. What do you think? And it gives you a chance to see it from somebody else's point of view. To, Shit, what did I think about that? And it might be that one piece of, of relevant information or, or perspective to solve that problem. So don't ever hesitate to drop me an email. I'll get back to you as fast as I possibly can. And try and give you, know, hey, you know, I've had, I've run into this, or screw that, you're on your own. <laughs> run! <laughs> so, guys, I hope that helped a little bit. Um, two, plug, two o'clock, Arizona Theater, we're showing Aether. Um, it would be a huge personal favor to me if you guys are there so you can see it, so I can show my guys off, I can show the work we did. Um, and I can get you guys excited about Aether, as, as excited as we are. Um, and it's a chance you'll get to see me acting like a four-year-old kid, because this is probably one of the coolest projects I've ever been attached to. And you get to see some of the people we got to film with, uh, you know, woohoo, fanboy! Um, professional, professional. Um, so, 2 o'clock, Arizona Theater, come see the premiere of Aether, ask questions of other guys that were getting to be extras in it. And we'll see you guys at 2 o'clock. Cool? Cool. cool. Ragnarok and Roll, a sign to Ragnarok story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. And feel free to enjoy our other shows, such as D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition and Scion Ragnarok and Roll, a Scion hero to Ragnarok story. Thank you for listening. They got this white crap on the ground and that something called snow. I'm not really looking forward to it. And from there, Borgia, Texas, Borgia, Texas, back to New Orleans. I think we're home for just a little bit and then we get back on the road. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nuts. It's nuts. But I'm not going anywhere near a damn airport. Yeah. <laughs> Did that not too long ago and that was not a pleasant experience? Yeah, no. 
I don't think they'd appreciate these. Yeah. <laughs> and just don't trust packing in the luggage. And they, they've talked about, <coughs> my voice is starting to come back a little bit. Um, they've talked, we've talked about going to Europe here pretty soon. And then we started looking at the logistics and I almost had a heart attack. Because <laughs> we have to load everything onto containers. Uh -huh. And then hope to God it makes it over there. And luckily we have some people over there to receive it, otherwise it'd take three months to get it back. So. Yeah, we're going out to uh, TeslaCon this year, me and the wife. Mm -hmm. And we're like, we got a friend there that lives there, so it's a combination to run and go to there. It's like, we're going to insure FedEx you a nice big box. Yeah. And uh, before we fly back to Tucson, we're going to insure FedEx it back. <laughs> I've thought about it. Like, I'm going to insure because it's going to be all our other tools. It's going to be all of our props. Yeah, it's stuff you like, don't want to lose. I'll insure it, and if it goes bye-bye, party time. It's still a, a <laughs> lifetime of replacing. Yeah. Let me get some tools. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I don't even want to know. Yeah. Let me rephrase that. Amelia doesn't want to know how much money I've spent on other tools. Well, when you see something you just like, and it's not like you need And I've got this bad habit of i got to collect shit. Yeah. I've got tools I've never even used. It's like, I don't need that. But still, if you needed it, you, it, it wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to find it. Exactly. Your wives don't think that way, apparently. Yeah. I'm not sure how that works. Especially when they're your business manager. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when they get the receipts. And do taxes. <laughs> but how do you can write it out? <laughs> it is a bit legitimate business expense. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's business equipment. Yeah, we write off our boots and everything else, so why not? Yeah. I've gone to Tandy, and it's like, hey, guess what? I write that off. What was funny? <clears throat> we did Steampunk Invasion in Dallas, and that's where the Tandy headquarters is. Oh my God. So Tandy had their other people out there, and one, we walked in and looked at their setup. And I'm like, that looks familiar. <laughs> <laughs> what they've done is they pulled down our buying history because they didn't know what to put into a steam bucket in. So they pulled down our buying history and everything in there is the crap we bought. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> That's good marketing. So I tell a joke all the time that I've spent more money at Tampa, I've spent enough money at Tandy to put the CEO, CEO's kids through college. And I said that to the group of Tandy workers that were there. And there was a girl there named Catherine. We were talking to her. And then the other Tandy guy, who was our contact, we were talking to Larry, he's like, you do realize that Catherine is the CEO's daughter, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, I wonder why she made that face. <laughs> Oops. But she's a manager, in our, she's really cool. She's a manager in her own right. But yeah, no, she's a CEO's kid. It's like, so how's that college education? <laughs> no, they're really, the, the guys up there are pretty cool. No, but Tandy's, Tandy's a corporation. Yep. They do some weird crap that I just don't understand. I've had conversations with their store managers from Texas all the way to Louisiana and stuff, and they do some weird shit on how they do things. Yeah, but hey, when you see it going discount, 
take advantage it's of like, it. It's like, you know, I don't even know how they do it. Each other's stores are, it's, it's weird. Yeah. They've tried explaining it to me, and I'm just like, it makes no sense. Well, see, they put the rivets and the snaps in the very back, so you have to put past all the great deals they have. And the deal is, and the other thing is, is like the store managers, they're each responsible for their own stores. And corporate does things that the stores don't know about, and it's like, <laughs> go team. How does that logic work? <laughs>